This address, with its included scripture reading, was part of the YouTube stream worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on February the 18th, 2024. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. gospel reading that Tilo just read so well for us, we hear of Jesus preparing and beginning his mission of being and of bringing good news for the world. And today at the beginning of our Lenten journey with Jesus, we too are called to prepare well, to prepare well for the mission road that Jesus calls us to. Get ready, get set is where we're going to be uh, reflecting today. And we're going to do that, in, uh, first of all, listening to the words of Isaiah chapter 6 from verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and mighty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him, each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces, and with two, they covered with their, their feet, and with two, they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Let's pray. Lord of heaven and earth, prepare our hearts by your spirit. Open our ears, our minds, our lives to Jesus and help us to follow him. Amen. Well, we've had, a, are there any Swifties in the house today? I know there are. Well done. Unabashed. Good on you. Good on you. We've had a few Swifties call through uh, our place in the last few days. And it seemed to me that what I observed from these um, amazing people was a readiness, well, a get readiness, a preparedness. Now, I don't know about you Swifties who are going tonight, but these Swifties were dressing up in all sorts of Swifty kind of thingies that I didn't know anything about. <laughs> My question today for us is, would we invest, do we invest the same sort of energy, the same sort of discipline in getting ready and getting set, not only for this Lenten journey that we start out today, 
or in many senses. I mean, we, we start on Ash Wednesday, but, you know, it's often for us, it's this first Sunday in the season of Lent that we get our bearings. But even beyond that, to that very question of, do I get ready? Do I have that inner whatever it takes to get set to walk on the road with Jesus on the way of the cross throughout my whole life? In our gospel reading today, Jesus prepares for his ministry and he begins it. And alongside of that, as we start this Lent, we meet Isaiah in the temple in Jerusalem a long, long time before this event. We're told that this is the time that King Uzziah died. Uzziah was the king of the southern kingdom. That's the bottom part there you mightn't see so clearly on that map, but it's the bottom part of that map, the bottom part of what was the two parts of um, the people of God, Israel and Judah. Uzziah died around about the year 740. Uh, And here in this place was the temple in Jerusalem, the place where God met the people, the place of the presence of God. God met the people through the mediation of the priests and the temple sacrifices. That was the regular rhythm of worship, yeah? And on one day, one day of the year, one person, the high priest, who was you know, uh, clean and, ho- and made uh, uh, ready, meticulously prepared, I might say, like a good Swifty perhaps, went into the Holy of Holies. This was the day of the casting out of, uh, uh, of, the, of the sins of the, of the community. And it's on, so as I say, only one person could, could go on there on one day of the year. And yet, this is where we meet Isaiah. And here we stand with him. And to under, we need to understand something of the gravity of what's going on here. And I'll unpack that in a minute. I remember as a kid going to church on a Saturday with my mum when we would clean the church. And the place that I always wanted to play was this place, and we had a pulpit that had stairs that was very, very inviting for a six-year-old. And I used to always want to go and play in that place, and mum would say to me, no, you can't go there, it's a very special place. I mean, I got the last word here, didn't I, really? Um, But Isaiah's situation was somewhat different. He finds himself in the Holy of Holies before the Holy God. And if we read the book of Isaiah, if you read from this, we're in chapter 6 today. If you start at the very first verse in chapter 1, you will see that Isaiah prophesies of an angry God. The people have trampled the courts, the temple courts, the place where God meets them. They have turned from God. And as Isaiah finds himself in that place, the temple fills with smoke. It's the smoke, perhaps, of the incense on the Day of Atonement. This is the Holy of Holies. The glory of God fills the temple, and the angelic seraphim stand as attendants to the true king. And just to reinforce how holy this place is, we hear that they, uh, with their six wings... They cover with two of them their faces because they can't look on to this holy sight of God. And with two, they cover their feet because they can't stand on holy ground. 
The temple shakes. They cry, holy, 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 they sing. And perhaps it's just worthwhile noting that for you know, later in our service too, when we sing that song in the heavenly, with the heavenly hosts, it's quite an amazing thing that God brings us into together here on earth, just by the way. Look forward to that as we come to Holy Communion later on this morning. Like the transfiguration that we heard last Sunday, Isaiah finds himself in the place of the glory of God. And it's a scary place, as I say. Since the beginning of the book, he's been prophesying of God's righteous anger over the sin of the people. They've trampled the temple courts. God abhors this selfish, sinful behaviour. His anger burns. And Isaiah finds himself alone in this place as one whose lips are unclean, as he himself says. Woe is me. I'm sure my modern-day vernacular might come up with something a little bit more rugged than that in that space. Woe is me, for I am lost. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You know, sometimes in life, I don't know about you, but I sometimes have these times and these spaces where I recognise that. That my sin is just before me and I'm in the presence of a holy God. We won't always, you know, go through times of whatever that might be. But the reality for us is, as human beings, is that the original sin which clings to us means that by nature, you know, in the old confession that we used to make, by nature I'm sinful and unclean. Yeah, you remember that one, some of us? Means that we don't, we can't stand in the presence of a holy God. And we, like Isaiah, face the same issue that Isaiah faces in this chapter. But now comes the gracious act of our God. Without any bidding or any action on Isaiah's part, something amazing happens. One of the seraphs brings a burning coal from the altar and touches his lips. Now this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. And I think this is really, really good as we start this Lenten season. It's the action of God alone, by God's grace, that Isaiah's sin, that your sin, that my sin, that the sins of all people can be blotted out. And this is what happens for us in the presence of our holy God, by the gracious act of God, as we hear the God's word of forgiveness. As Dave pointed us to this morning in holy baptism, it's, it's a wonderful gift. And it's a gift that we're called to grow in throughout this 40, these 40 days of Lent. When we're baptised in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, someone's baptised in our church, we often touch the lips of that person. A sign that uh, as they, their lips are touched like Isaiah, they are made clean and their lips are prepared to speak the good news to others as well.
get ready, get set. That's the message that we're given at baptism. Get ready, get set. That's the journey we make afresh in the season of Lent. On Ash Wednesday, we are reminded that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes. Those ashes do remind us that by nature we're unclean. And the beauty for us, as we hear the gospel today, is that after Jesus is baptised, he's immediately sent by the Spirit into the place of the dust, into the place of the wilderness, into the place of temptation. His mission for people who are dust, for you and me, starts in this place, focusing on the word of God. For you and me, he goes and calls us to follow. So as we return to Isaiah here in this place, the holies of holies, made clean now as his lips are touched by the grace of God, something else happens, doesn't it? Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? God speaks directly to Isaiah. Whom shall I send? Who will go? Who will go to the people who are dust, whose lips are unclean, who need my grace? Who will go? And Isaiah responds, here am I, send me. How will you and I, how will we respond? I was reminded this past week my godmum Grace died after a long battle with illness. That's her and I during my um, R&R leave on a visit that I made uh, in the Barossa Valley. Grace for me was a person who answered God's call. And I'm not going to just stand here and try to say how wonderful was a, a person she was, but Perhaps listen in for your call in amongst all of this. I've perhaps never known someone so aptly named. Grace. She was that for me. She grew up, uh, she was born towards the end of the Second World War. Her parents, my uncle and auntie, worked on the farm that my mum grew up on. And like my mum before her, Grace was expected to come back and work on the farm. You know, education wasn't um, such a big thing in those times. Although she was extremely bright and could have done all sorts of things, she wasn't afforded that opportunity. She married a farmer and they started a wonderful partnership of 55 years. A, real, a really wonderful story. Hard work, love, raising a family, and always a, a story of faith which journeyed with Jesus through the, the tough and through the good. Grace was asked by my mum to be my godmum when she was 18. And God touched her lips and she showed me Jesus. For every year that I can remember since my birth, um, almost a thousand years ago, well, <laughs> almost 62 years ago, Grace would simply contact me on my birthday or on our wedding anniversary on some sort of special event. And she would simply encourage me to walk with Jesus. Simple as. Unconditional love 
encouragement in faith and encouragement in life. Grace. That's who she was and that's what she brought. And I wasn't the only one that she did that with. Who will go for us to a people in need? My God, Mum Grace wasn't a biblical scholar, although she could have been if given the opportunity. She wasn't an evangelist as such. She really didn't like public speaking in the least. And yet she went. And she took that good news and she made a difference. She made a difference in my life. Is there someone in your life like that? Are you someone for another person? Are you called to be that person in your life for them? Get ready, get set. God says, who will go? Who will go for us? Who will be my grace agents of life? To whom are you called to share Jesus by your lips, touched by God? And the wonderful thing is, you don't have to be someone other than yourself. And for this season of Lent, to provide you an opportunity to keep on growing in who you are, in who God has made you to be. And for us, as we start this next project and make the journey ahead, for us to grow together, to continue to grow in being who we are, St Paul's, as God's people. Lent is the season that the Mission Road calls us on. It emerges out of the dust of the wilderness to bring life. Who will go for us? Follow me, Jesus says. Get ready. Get set. Amen. And may God's peace, the peace which goes beyond our human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.